you're very welcome to today's Triumph Church podcast. We pray that you enjoy the message. Well, I have a great word for you this morning. Like I said, I'm going to be teaching on on the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a couple different topics that the Lord put on my heart to minister on. And I'm like, well, Lord, which one to start first? I don't know. They're both so good. One of those is, is teaching on the Holy Spirit. The second one is teaching on healing. Those are two great topics, isn't it? So after praying about it, I just really felt led like we needed to start talking about the Holy Spirit. And it's so great going into 2024. And as we've just launched Triumph Church not too long ago, and as the first church was being launched, it was reliant upon the Holy Spirit to do what it needed to do to fulfill the Great Commission and fulfill its call. Well, it's great starting this year in 2024, and as we've just launched, teaching on the Holy Spirit and us recognizing and seeing our dependence upon the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Well, let's start this morning in Acts chapter 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to begin in the New Living Translation. It says, in my first book, I told you, Theopolis, this is Luke uh, writing. He wrote the, the book of Luke, and now he's writing uh, Acts, the book of Acts. In my first book, I told you, Theopolis, about everything Jesus began to do and teach. Isn't that an interesting statement, that Jesus began to do and teach? Jesus is still doing things today, right? Everything didn't stop. When Jesus ascended to heaven, like things are still happening today, aren't they? Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after, he suffered and died. He appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So over the the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about this important topic to kick off the new year. I wanted to begin 2024 beginning a series on the Holy Spirit. It's such an important topic that Jesus spent a considerable amount of time teaching his disciples about the Holy Spirit. So much so that he even commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the promise of the Holy Spirit is fulfilled. Like that was a command. Do not leave Jerusalem until the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was so vital to the launching of the first century church. What happened as we read through the book of Acts over the next coming months here, all those things that we read would not ever happened if it were not for the Holy Spirit operating through the church. We need the Holy Spirit. Peter said this in Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. He said, For the promise is to you and your children and to all who are afar off, as many 
as the Lord will call. It's important for us to understand that the Holy Spirit was never intended for only launching the first century Christian church. You can't, you can't find in the Bible any scripture that says the ministry of the Holy Spirit ceased. Amen. Amen. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is still in operation today. The baptism the Holy Spirit, or that Peter was talking about, the promise of the Father, is for all believers. Anyone who would believe by faith and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, God will fulfill that in their lives. In John chapter 14, in verse 26, Jesus said this. He said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. Isn't that cool? He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. This is one reason why Jesus insisted that the followers stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit was sent. We need the help of the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. He was sent to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us into all truth. We need the leading and the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit just as much today as the first century church needed the Holy Spirit to navigate the time that they were in. Jesus said this in John chapter 16, in verses 13 and 15, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Isn't that cool? He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. The Father sent the Holy Spirit as promised. For the church age. We're still in that. We're having church this morning, aren't we? We're still, we're not dead. We're not in heaven yet, are we? We're still in the church age. The Father sent the Holy Spirit as promised for the church age. Not just for the beginning of the church, but for the middle of the church. And for the end of the church as well. When we see the promise fulfilled of the Holy Spirit, as, as we'll see as we read the book of Acts. In chapter 2, we see the church begin to explode. Why is that? What was the difference? It was the Holy Spirit in the church. It was the Holy Spirit in the lives of the believers. Every Christian church on the face of this planet belongs to Jesus. Belongs to him. He's the head of the church. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22 and 23, it says, And he put all things, talked about God, he put all things under his feet and gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. As the head of the church, the Holy Spirit was sent 
to help us. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. Trust me. We're charged with partnering with the Holy Spirit who was sent to empower the church to fulfill its ultimate purpose. That's the Great Commission. And we see all throughout the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit working through the church as they yield to him. Listen, God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to, sometimes when we think of spiritual things, we, we think of things as weird, like the Holy Spirit coming into your life like he's going to possess you or something. The Holy Spirit will never force you to do anything. In the same way, the devil cannot force you to do anything. You have a will. You can choose to yield to God the same way you can choose to yield to the devil. Of course, it's better to yield to God, isn't it? But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will lead you and guide you and direct you. All you need to do is yield and follow. That's easy, right? You know, my son's sitting in the front row here. If I said, Aiden, you know, come here, follow me. You don't have to. You can stay seated. Come here, follow me. You know, like he can make a choice, can't he? Like all of us have kids, right? Kids have a will, don't they? <laughs> Amen. We all have our own will and we make our own decisions. All right, I'm looking to see if anyone's nodding off yet. No, we're still good. All right. We all have our own will. We make our own decisions. It's our decision, our choice to yield to the Holy Spirit or not. It's our choice, our decision to yield to God's word or not. That's a decision we make. God will never, ever twist your arm and force you to do anything. He'll always give you a choice. You know, the Bible says that he's placed before us life and death, blessing and cursing, right? And then he says, in case you don't know what to do, choose life. In case we're so thick in the head, we're like, oh, I don't know. It's kind of a toss up. It's not. Life is always the, the wise choice to make, right? We have a will. We make that choice, don't we? The Holy Spirit is the enforcer of all Jesus came to do and to accomplish. It is the ministry of the Holy Spirit who brings God's word to pass in our lives as we believe, as we believe it and confess it over ourselves. When the early church was launched, it was entering into difficult times, right? We all know the, 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 the history of the, the first century church. It was a difficult time. Christians were entering into a time of persecution by both the religious community, but also the Roman Empire, who was the occupying government at the time. And Jesus knew the season that the church was being launched into. And this is why he precisely, why precisely why he was so insistent, why he commanded his followers not to leave Jerusalem until the, the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Holy Spirit, until he was sent, until they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, until they were endued with power. Because he knew that in the days ahead, that they were going to need the help and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Listen, you want a word for 2024? 
You want a word for 2025, 2026, 2027? I don't know what year the Lord's returning, but listen, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the days ahead are not going to be the easiest to travel. You can already see, if your eyes are open, that the world's becoming a little more hostile towards Christianity. Have you seen that? Have you noticed that? Listen, if you try to stand up for Jesus, if you try to stand up for righteousness, and you don't even have to come against him in anything, if you just say, I love Jesus, you go to the streets of Dublin, get yourself a, a speaker and a microphone, and you just stand there and say, I love Jesus. I guarantee you, guarantee you, someone's going to come up to you and they're going to confront you. You're not saying anything that's bad or towards you. You're just professing, confessing, I love Jesus. The devil doesn't like that. He doesn't even like the, the mention of the name of Jesus. The world is hostile toward anything Jesus. You have artists who think it's, you know, they have a, a painting of Jesus and they urinate on that and then sell it. And they, like the church, of course, doesn't riot and, you know, set street cars on fire, set buildings on fire and, and do different things because of that. If there's other gods that someone dared do something like that to, you would have riots in the street, right? The name of Jesus is the only name that has any power. The name of Jesus is the only name that the devil trembles at. It's because Jesus defeated him. One day, the devil's going to be put in his place. And his reign of terror is going to end. In the meantime, God needs us, you and I, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do our part in this world, to be that light, that shining beacon upon a hill. And you can't do that on your own. You can try, but that's like standing up in the middle of a tornado or a hurricane. You're just going to get pummeled. But when you're founded upon the Word of God and you're empowered by the Holy Spirit, there is nothing that this world can throw at you. that will even put a chink in your armor. When you stand in the power of God's word and stand in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're empowered by God. Hello? Amen. Do you know what that means? Empowered by God. The creator of everything, the creator of the heavens, the creator of the earth, you're empowered by him. I said earlier, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Listen, when you, when you encounter trials and tribulations in your life, what you need to do is what Jesus did, and we'll see that in just a minute if I get there, is you need to proclaim the word of God over your life. There's nothing more powerful than God's word. The devil cannot overcome God's word. We have a promise in Scripture. 
I prayed it over our giving that God's word will not return to him null and void, but it will accomplish what it is sent out to do. It will. What's faith? Faith is believing something that you don't see, right? If you're believing for something in your life, you're believing for it because you don't see it. You need faith in order to see that come to pass. But faith in what? Faith in what I'm saying? Is that going to do you any good? Come on. I'm a nice guy, and I'm going to do my best to always fulfill my word that I give you. But I'm fallible. I'm going to make mistakes. But God's word is infallible. It will accomplish what it's sent out to do. You know, in the book of Peter, it says that by Christ's stripes, you were, were what? Anyone know? You were healed. Listen, that's past tense. That means that on the cross, what Jesus did by his stripes, you were healed. It's something that Christ paid for on the cross. You have to grab a hold of that by faith. I don't know where I'm, why I'm going this direction. This is not in my notes, not anywhere near what I prepared for, what I spent a lot of time putting together here. But that's okay. Because we need to grasp a hold of this. There's nothing more powerful in your life than God's word. That is first and foremost the primary thing that you are found, that you found your life on. Anything other is like shifting sand. You ever been to the beach and you go out into the waves and you stick your, your feet in the sand and the sand just starts shifting beneath your feet? That's when you found your life upon anything in this world. I'm talking anything in this world. When you try to found your life on anything in this world, it's like that shifting sand. It's moving. It's, con it's constantly shifting on you. It's not a good foundation. It's unstable. You would never build a skyscraper on sand. How many of you have ever heard of the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, right? They didn't build on a good foundation. They're trying to keep the building for how long now from falling over? One day, they say it probably will fall over. That'll be kind of sad. It's kind of a cool building. But they didn't build on a firm foundation. We need to build our lives on that firm foundation, and that's God's word. Amen? Everyone still with me? So Jesus knew the season that the church was going to be launched into was going to be unstable. There was going to be some trials and difficulties. Maybe the reason that I, I went there is, is because I really sense inside that the days ahead, there's going to be some trials. And there's going to be some tribulations. That doesn't mean that our days aren't going to be bright and great and that God's not going to bless us. I'm just saying in the midst of all that, as a church, as a, as a body, the world is coming for us. What does that mean? I don't know. I see in history. How many of you are students of history? 
You can look in history. Listen, did you know the most persecuted group on the face of the planet right now, today, are Christians? There's Christians being slaughtered just because they're a Christian. Listen, in Ireland, you can say a prayer and you can become a Christian and you can live your life and, you know, you don't receive really any pushback, right? There's countries in this world where if you make Jesus your Lord and people find out about that, you could be killed for it. Not only that, your whole family could be killed because of your decision to serve Jesus. And your friends and your neighbors. Christians are the most persecuted group in the world. You don't hear about that on the news, do you? How many of you just saw that on the news last night on RTE? Yeah, what about the BBC? Listen, let me just give you a, a little bit of advice. The news that you see on the television is only what they want you to know, okay? We're going to get into something here in just a minute. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it because that's not really the direction uh, that I'm wanting to go. But we need to be founded on God's word. Not what we see, not what we hear, not on rumors, not on anything in the world, but founded on God's word. In the days ahead, you're going to need that. I'm telling you. We're going to have great days ahead, right? Everyone smile. Woo! God is good, isn't he? Yep, but in the middle of that, the devil's coming for you. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Listen, there's a reason why we call this church Triumph Church. Because it's time for the church to triumph. We are not weak. We are not defeated. We cannot be overcome by anything that this world tries to throw at us. Listen, the very worst that this world can do to me is to kill this body. That's the worst. The cool thing about that is I may be dead, but I'm in the presence of the Lord. Right? That's amazing. That's the worst the world can do to me is to kill this flesh. Listen, I don't care. I love my family, but I love Jesus more than anything. I can't wait to go be in his presence. I can't, go, I can't wait to see what heaven is like. I can't wait to see my mom. Man, it's going to be a party in heaven. Listen, this world has nothing on God. This world tries to make you think and believe that sin is so much fun, that it's so good. Woo! That hangover, though, I'm telling you, whew, has a kick. Listen, you can go party like it's 1999 and fill up your credit card. Payment is going to come due to you. The bank is not going to say, oh, we'll just forgive that debt. We understand that you were partying. You were just having a good time. No, the bank wants its money. That's the way sin is, too. We can party like it's 1999, but payment is going to come due. Judgment is going to come to our door. Yeah. I don't know why I'm going there either. <laughs> what are you guys doing to me? Listen, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, I'm trying to be like really chipper and upbeat and preach a nice happy message. 
Is it going that direction? I don't know. It's a good message. <laughs> Thank you. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, the Apostle Paul said this. You should know this. He's talking about the last days. He said, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be a very difficult, they will be difficult times. Very difficult times. Not just difficult times, very difficult times. Wow, okay, well, let's just end that right here. We don't want to hear any more of this, do we? Thanks for coming, everyone. Have a good week. Before Amy and I uh, started uh, Triumph Church, you know, I was just praying and, and just asking the Lord, you know, like what he wanted us to do. What was kind of the, the, the purpose of Triumph Church? Where, which direction are we going? We all like to know where we're heading, right? We don't just want to wander aimlessly or just drive down a road when we don't know where it's, where it's taken us, right? The Lord told me to do my part in preparing his church. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I'm sure all of us can see the decline in society, right? Listen, there's not a lot of churches, leaders, pastors, I don't know, that talk about the tough issues, the things that we see happening around us. How do we as Christians deal with those things? We need to know what God's Word says about those things so that we're armed, so that we're equipped, so that we know as parents, as Christians, as grandparents, as teens, as youth, as children, how to deal with this world around us. Because the world's getting darker and darker. It's becoming a really weird place. Isn't it? Am I the only one that's seeing that? It's getting weird. We don't even know how to define a woman anymore. Come on, it's pretty easy. Right? There's things happening in our communities, in our societies that's being pushed on us. It's an agenda. It's, it's really the agenda. It's from the spirit of the Antichrist is what it is. But there's things being pushed on us. And they're trying to back us into a corner and trying to cause us as Christians to submit to what the world says. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to. You can do whatever you want to me, but I'm not going to submit to this world. I only submit to one person, and that's my Lord, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to submit to his word. That's what I'm founded on. That's what my life, the world can tell me whatever they want to tell me. But I don't care. If it doesn't line up with this, then I'm going to spit it out and throw it away. I'm going to follow this. Amen? Are you going to follow this? What is this? This is God's word, isn't it? This is God's word. It's God's word. That's a pretty amazing thing. Like we have this. How many of us have a Bible? Raise your hand. All of us probably have a Bible, right? How cool. There's some places in the world where you can't have this. It's illegal. We can have that, each one of us. I just bought my children new Bibles for Christmas. I think it's a pretty cool Christmas present, right? They have like Bibles that I bought them when they were children, you know, and it's, it's kind of written in under children language, you know, so they could eat. It was time for them to have a grown-up Bible, right? But we all have this blessing to have this in our lives. If this just collects dust on our bookshelf, it's never going to do us any good. The days ahead, I'm telling you, if you want a word for 2024, right, 
How many people are like, well, what's the Lord saying for 2024? What's the prophetic word? Well, let me give you a prophetic word. Pursue God. You know what's cool? is when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, He'll give you a word. You don't need me to give you a word. The Lord has people in the body of Christ to do things like that. But you have the Holy Spirit in your life. You ask the Holy Spirit. You ask the Lord. What's coming up? We just read that, right? But the Holy Spirit, something that He does is He will tell you things to come in the future. Isn't that cool? Come on. Am I the only one who thinks that cool? I'm telling you, I'm just preaching to myself. Listen, we just got, came out of, before, before Christmas, a series on living our lives ablaze. All right? I'm going to live like that and party like it's 1999 for Christ, whether you're coming with me or not. You're going to see me every week if you come to hear me again. You're going to come and you're going to hear some excitement because I'm excited about God. I'm excited about the direction that the Lord is taking us. Not just me, not just this church, but you. Are you excited about that? Yeah. I don't know about that yet. <laughs> Keep coming back. Maybe you'll get there. All right. In Matthew chapter 24, in chapter, sorry, Matthew chapter 24 in verses 3 and 4, the disciples came to Jesus and, and were asking him about some signs of the times. What is it going to look like, Lord, before you come again? Matthew chapter 24 and verses 3 and 4 it says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them and said, Take heed that no one deceives you. Isn't that interesting? I find it interesting. I find a lot of stuff interesting. That Jesus started off when they were, his disciples were asking him, what are going to be the signs of your times? What, it's, what is it going to look like before you come? The very first thing he mentions to them is take heed that you do not be deceived. Listen, like I said, the world around us is getting crazier and crazier. It's a mad, mad world, isn't it? And everything around us from this world is designed to cause deception. The devil, the Bible says, is the God of this world, and he has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Right? As believers, our minds aren't blinded. We're empowered by God, right? The Holy Spirit is, is leading us and guiding us and directing us into all what? Truth. But this world is going to try to deceive us, Christians too, is going to try to deceive us to follow after something that's contrary to God's word. The Bible talks about before Jesus comes, there's going to be what's called an apostate church, right? There's two churches that you can see right now forming. There's those, the, the, those churches that are following after society. They're filtering the Bible through what society says is acceptable, what society says is good, and whatever comes out from God's word, you know, love is love, right? Listen, we can't let the world define what love is. God is love. 
I was just having the conversation with Aiden the other day. If you really love someone, if you truly care about them, that God kind of love, then what are you going to do when you see them falling into sin in error? You know that path that they're on is a harmful path. If you really love them, what are you going to do? Are you just going to say, well, cool, you just be you. You just do your own thing. Good luck on your way to hell. Come on. Listen, if you really love someone, you're going to confront them, aren't you? Because you don't want them to go down that path. Listen, when I was in secondary school, I was one of like only a handful of friends that even graduated secondary school. All my other friends wound up getting mixed up in drugs and alcohol and lifestyles that were totally destructive. If I would have known what I know now, come on. Listen, as, a, as the church, as Christians, we are so timid. We are so afraid of what people are going to think of us, aren't we? I don't care what people think. We shouldn't care what people think. You know who we should care what they think? That's God. What is, is God proud of me? Is he proud of his child? Is he proud of his son? Great job, son. I know it was hard. I know it was difficult going against whatever the, the current trend is, right? Great job sharing my word with someone. Great job sharing the gospel with someone. Great job being someone who was able to stand up and tell truth, even though it was hard, even though it was difficult. Man, if I could go back to my secondary school days and share what I know now, I would love to. I don't even know where those friends are anymore, if they're even still alive. But Jesus starts off saying, take heed that no one deceives you. In the New Living Translation, it says, don't let anyone mislead you. In the Passion Translation, it says, don't be fooled. In the Amplified Classic Version, it says, don't let anyone mislead you, deceive you, or lead you into error. So now I'm going to skip over a whole bunch of things here. You probably don't want to hear me go for hours and hours and hours. In Luke chapter 3, in verse 21 and 22, and bringing it back to the Holy Spirit here, when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, it wasn't an ordinary baptism. Something amazing happened. It didn't happen to anybody else who was baptized by John the Baptist. It was only Jesus. In Luke chapter 3, in verse 21 and 22, it says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. Did you know that it wasn't until Jesus, until the Holy Spirit came upon him, that he actually began his earthly ministry? When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, that was when he began his earthly ministry. And what happened from that point on? 
We all know the stories, miracles, signs, and wonders. I mean, at one point, the Bible says that everyone who came to him was healed. The sick, the blind, the lame, the maimed. Do you know what maimed means? Maimed means that there's actually appendages missing. Wow. Come on. When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, all these things happened. In the book of Acts, as we're going to read here, everyone's going to join that group. And we're going to read that together, right? In the book of Acts, you see a parallel there with the church. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit came down on the church, the 120, that was all that was left. After all of Jesus' ministry, he had 120, right, to kick off the church. 120. How many do we have here this morning? We're not doing too bad, do we? The Holy Spirit came upon the 120, those in the church, and what began to happen in the first century church? The same thing. Miracles, signs, and wonders. And it wasn't just the apostles, in case you're wondering. It was believers. Are you a believer? Whew. Come on. I don't even know where to reconnect with my message there. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Oh, man. We need the Holy Spirit. You know, in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit, the different aspects of Him. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. We know we have the Father, we have the Son, and we have the Holy Spirit, right? Well, the Holy Spirit is just as much a person as God the Father and just as much a person as God the Son. And Jesus commanded the disciples, the believers, those 120, not to leave Jerusalem until the promise of the Holy Spirit was sent and he descended down upon them. And when that happened, that's when the church exploded. I want that for our church. Not just for our church. I want that for you. In your life, imagine going to work empowered by the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? It's God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? Imagine going to work empowered by God. Whoo! Listen, youth, imagine going to school empowered by God. Man, if there's a place that you need God these days, it's in the public schools. Whew, let me tell you. Children. Do you know children can be baptized in the Holy Spirit the same way adults can? You, only re you receive salvation through what? Faith, right? You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. Amen? Right? That's how you receive everything from God, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Listen, Jesus said, God is not like an earthly father that might keep something from his children. He said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a rock, right? 
You ever read that scripture? He said, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, He's going to give Him to you. You just ask in faith. Amen. So in the days ahead, the weeks ahead, I just want to encourage you to keep coming. My messages aren't messages where, they're, where they're, they can be standalone messages, I suppose, but I like to kind of build everything upon itself. It's like you, you watch a film, you know, you're not going to watch this the first 15 minutes and, you know, be like, oh, that was a cool film. You know, I know exactly what happened and blah, 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 you know, and you turn it off and move on. You know, you want to keep, you want to keep watching it to find out what happens in the end, right? Well, as we keep talking about the Holy Spirit, we're going to keep building upon what we're talking about on Sunday mornings. So if you, don't, if you don't have to miss a Sunday morning, don't miss a Sunday morning. We do have the podcast, of course, where you can, you can catch up on a message if you miss one. But it's not quite the same, I don't think, as coming to a, a service and watching crazy Pastor Brad. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Triumph Church podcast this week. If it was a blessing to you, share it with someone you know. For more information on Triumph Church, you can visit us at www.triumphchurch.ie.